0: Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nuttery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be looking at something that often hinders us from heart schooling the way we want to, and we'll explore a simple strategy that may be just what you need to overcome it. So stay tuned. David, I remember really, really well when I brought the kids home from school, the first day we were going to start homeschooling, I dressed them all up. I marched them outside to take pictures because I actually wanted proof that we were doing this thing. And we sat in, you know, I joke about it all the time that I had written out my plans in ink and it just was such a mess. But honestly... This picture-perfect idea that I had of what homeschooling was going to look like crumbled really, really fast when the reality of our daily life hit. And I remember thinking so much that I was foolish for even thinking that I could do it, that I was going to mess everything up, that I wasn't a teacher, and all of these doubts. And I just... I I really wonder if that's not a lot more prevalent than people understand that it is.
1: Well, I think that I mean you brought that up in the Q&A in Greenville and everybody in the room cracked up.
0: It resonates. We know.
1: (laughs) And I remember Heidi St. John was with you as in the Q&A and she was the other person that was in the Q&A. And she kind of laughed and said, how long did that last? And when you were talking about writing all of your lesson plans in ink for the entire year, and I remember you showed me that lesson planner and flipping through it, and there was all of these marked out. It was
0: awful. It was so awful.
1: (laughs) It was, you know, this beautiful lesson plan calendar had all these smudges and marks and all this stuff on it. And I do remember you kind of getting frustrated.
0: You know, Uh it's, it's sad because I honestly started on this journey. Once I got over the fear and horror of what I was about to do, bring them home, teach them myself, then it kind of morphed into, Ooh, I get to play teacher again. We're going to play school again. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm 11 playing school. Like I did when I was a kid and that passes too. And I really think that what, what tripped me up. And what trips up so many people, in fact, a large majority of people that I talk to is even though in our heads, we know that homeschooling is not just school at home. We still approach it as if it is. We take all that we have ever known of what school looks like, which is a brick and mortar corporate experience. And we try to plop that in our dining room and it just doesn't work.
1: No, and, and I mean there's a, there's other kind of illustrations kind of you know, we kinda of joke about, you know, doing the uh the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, with, with three kids in the the kitchen and actually setting a class, you know, a, a, an American flag out and and doing all these things that you normally would do in a classroom scenario. But I think that we forget that the classroom is actually set up for a certain kind of learning that doesn't really work real well in a one-on-one scenario. And we forget that really quick. And the first thing that a parent thinks is, I'm going to homeschool. Let me go find my curriculum. They don't think about, I'm going to homeschool. Okay, how is this going to be different? And what priorities should I have? And start laying out their plan in terms of not just education, but What do I want to achieve by doing
0: this? Right. And, you know, when you approach the education of your children with a traditional brick and mortar mindset where you're essentially bringing the school home, you're going to find that you do an awful lot to damage the relationships within your family with your kids. Because now all of a sudden you really are just a teacher in that little that little parentheses of time. And that is not what any of us signed up for. That's where you get so much friction. In fact, in the Homeschool for the Heart book that I just published, in the section on the focusing on relationships, really building those relationships, I talk about a concept that I think is so critical for moving past that frustration and the angst that you get by bringing your kids and bringing school home and moves you into a much more natural, intentional learning environment. And the concept that I mentioned there is called de-schooling. de-schooling is a term that was coined in a 1971 book called "Deschooling Society.
1: I, I wasn't even born yet. I
0: felt. Oh, that was yes, a long time yep. ago. Yes, well, he was closer to being born than I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to get in age digs anytime I can. But de-schooling is a term that was coined by a man named Ivan Illich. And it really is, it's looking at school in a different way. Ivan Illich was really, really critical of the institutional approach to education because he said it gives children a very narrow understanding of things and it doesn't give details of both sides to consider. So there's no discussion. There's really just filling their heads with these facts and not teaching them to do anything with it. And so his, his whole, you know, kind of approach, and there's so much there, we could have conversation after conversation on it. But what he was saying was that for many, the right to, or the appreciation of learning was actually snuffed out by the necessity or the obligation to attend school. So we were actually, he was saying that you're using school. To squelch that love of learning. And as homeschoolers, that is exactly opposite of what we would ever want to do. So for a lot of homeschoolers, they kind of, we, we throw around this term deschooling. You go through a time of deschooling and, and there's a very limited, narrow understanding of what it is. But deschooling could actually be that kind of secret sauce that will help you make that transition from regular school traditional school to homeschooling or at any point during your homeschool career if things are getting a little bit stale
1: well it's it's interesting that and it's the reason why i made that comment i mean th- this was a a concept that was thought of you know in 71 right you know i mean this has been around there been around for a long time and we're just now kind of coming back around to this because we're starting to realize that well You know, the typical classroom education now, it really excels in this kind of knowledge base. Let's get as much knowledge in them as we possibly can.
0: Well, it's like an assembly line, too. It it is not tailored in any way.
1: So when we say assembly line, I mean, we're talking about Henry Ford and the Model T. And what they did is, is that they actually simplified the product as much as they possibly could so that, that on the back end, they could produce as many of the same kind of products as they possibly could produce. And so the Model T was black. They all looked alike, and they produced millions and millions and millions of these very fast. And that's what the assembly line is like. And that's kind of what we're talking about with classroom education. And so when mom and dad make the decision that they're going to homeschool and they bring school home, What they're doing, really, a lot of times is they're saying, we are going to focus in our goals, our measure of success is going to be the same one as what they have in a classroom education, which really comes down to just imparting facts and knowledge.
0: Right, right. Well, and I think that we find ourselves so enslaved to what we think the expectation on us is that we aren't even able to branch out and enjoy what God has called us to do because we're so focused on what we think others expect us to do because we are schooling at home. And we miss entirely the fact that what we're doing is so much more natural and so much more effective as an educational strategy because it is individualized. It is measured out to the bent of your child. So you're teaching them the way that they learn best that your kids are going to have a great leg up just because they are learning that way. But despite that, despite all kinds of statistics and stuff I can throw out to people, we still have a hard time letting go of what we think of as education and what we think other people are looking at us. So I wanted to start real quick before we can see how how we can use this de-schooling time and really effectively lean into our mission through using education and what kind of that could look like within our families. I want to look at kind of what the status quo is in education now, and we'll do that right after the break. All right, babe. So we are going to talk for just a second about the status quo. And you kind of mentioned a little bit of it a second ago, where you talked about the institutional assembly line form of education, as opposed to just a really individualized, natural approach to education that we're able to do at home. But can you tell us, you were sharing with me something earlier this morning that the Lord had taught you. And I thought it was so helpful as we were thinking about this de-schooling idea as compared to what is happening in the state schools and such
1: today. Well, I mean, the, the Latin route for education is to lead forth the draw out. The idea is, is that you actually draw out truth. And if you go into any of the professional circles today, you go into any academic circles, especially higher education, and you were to say that your goal is to draw out truth, they would kind of laugh at you because the perspective now is, is that truth is relevant. I mean, it, it is relative. It is not something that there's actually this this single truth that is out there. And so what are you going to draw out? What are you going to lead them to? And so they just impart facts, there's not this connecting tissue between all the knowledge that they're getting. They're just, they keep imparting this idea. There's no idea that there's a creator out there. I mean, how did we come to be? You know, what, how does the public education circles, how did they describe how we came to be? It's certainly not the way that we would describe it in Christian circles.
0: I love that drawing out knowledge, look at at education. And that's one of the most amazing parts of heart schooling, because you talk about a fact, you talk about an animal or the stars or, you know, whatever it is, even a historic event, good or bad. And as a heart schooling parent, you're able to then lead your kids through a conversation that draws out more than just the raw data that you're discussing, but actually helps them put those pieces together of, okay, there is this amazing constellation up there. There is an even more amazing God who thought it up and placed it there by his power and holds it there because he is almighty. You're able to look at history and see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and still see how God uses things and how God orchestrates things and how God lifts men up or puts men down according to his plan. And you're able to use those times to really strengthen their faith and strengthen their knowledge at the same time, which is an amazing difference between an institutional approach and what you're able to do within a school environment.
1: So- Deschooling in this sense is reestablishing god as like our creator he's like the beginning of truth and so every single thing is making this connection back to who god is what he's doing the truth of the bible and so even when you're going through math you're talking about god being the god of order kind of like what you were hitting on there when you are actually going to you're going to a constellation and you're leading back to god and you're talking about how there's gravity and how there's order in the planets And you're talking about the fact that our God is a God of order. And you just keep coming back to the character of God, who he is. He's a God of grace. He sent Jesus Christ. And you start going through who Jesus Christ is. You can do this through literally every single subject. And so the goals start to shift. Are they getting just a bunch of knowledge or are they understanding who God is? Are they maturing as a follower of Christ? And so that is really what we're talking about in terms of de-schooling now, where you are leaning into the advantages that you have as a homeschooler, right?
0: Well, exactly. And, you know, we talked last week about the fact that you have to have one vision, one mission, one head of the line, as we talked about last week, and that's going to inform everything else that you do. And that's so important to a heart School parent to understand what that is. Your primary mission is to disciple your children, to bring them to Jesus, and then to prepare them well to walk through whatever door. So there is an educational element to that. Where deschooling schooling really comes in and where it really helps with the relationships is it involves letting go of the expectations of what you have always known as education and actually broadening your own horizons as you broaden your children's. It's a leaning into all of the wonderful things that set us apart as homeschoolers and actually enjoying that. So some of the things that really help facilitate that and help you grow those relationships. Cause again, the deschooling will really help cement those relationships or will help repair them when they're getting a little bit fractured. If you see yourself leaning a little bit too far back into a more institutional approach, de may involve a time of reading aloud and just being, you know, so many people I've done several podcasts about reading aloud, David. And, you know, so many think that there is, there's really no benefit to it. Like it's, it's fine. Your kids hear you reading, you get kettle-tied. But honestly, reading aloud to children has a massive impact on their ACT and SAT scores. It has a massive impact on their ability to retain information. You're training them to listen. You're also giving them what it sounds like to hear good stories and all of this stuff. So though it may feel like you're doing something that is not educational, even these these pieces that you're able to put into your life that are feel so much more calm and gentle and peaceful and wonderful while you are in this deschooling process they are profoundly impactful and again they just kind of lean into that ability to discuss and to draw out the knowledge in very different ways than we may be used to in a more institutional environment
1: so It's really coming down to how do you gauge what your success is? Yes. Right? So are you going to look at the end of a curriculum chapter and go, I didn't get through this. I didn't get through this. I didn't get through this. Oh man, I'm completely blowing this. And you're going to gauge your success or failure by the amount of problems that you're able to get through by the amount of just facts that you're able to talk about. Or are you going to gauge your success by the growth of your child, the maturity of your child, their ability to be able to look other adults in the eyes when they're talking to them, their ability to be able to make connections in knowledge, which is wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? We talked about wisdom being making connections. And that was actually funny enough. That was a podcast that we recorded right here, but it was a podcast that was focused on wisdom. And so right. what you're doing is, is that you're imparting wisdom to your children by making the connections for them between knowledge and who God is and how all this fits together. They are starting to actually be able to understand wisdom, how this connects to judgment, when they're making judgment decisions on who to hang out with and whether or not they should buy their next car or where they should go to college at or Whatever those decisions might be, you're there now imparting all that to them and helping them with that. And you're making all those connections with what you're reading out loud, what they're learning in their textbooks, what's going on in the world, what they are reading in their Bible, what they're hearing the pastor preach about. They're making connections, of all those, and you're kind of helping them through all
0: that. Yeah, you're directing traffic. You know, one of the, you mentioned the, the way that you gauge success. I talk about a whole new set of benchmarks in the homeschool for the heart book, but one of the things that comes out of reading aloud, I'm going to kind of double back to that because this is a proof of success that you may not, you're not going to see on a report card for one thing, Lila, who is my 16 year old and I were doing history First semester, we, we are way past this section now. But we were doing a lesson in history on Daniel. And then that was probably, I don't know, October maybe that we were reading through that. We were discussing it. It was fascinating because she was learning stuff. She's known the story of Daniel from the Bible for a long time. But we were learning all this stuff that was going on around it. It was really interesting. Well, you fast forward until January, so just last month. She was in a Bible study that she that we hosted our house for these kid the teenagers and something came up and she was able to throw out a little tidbit from the story of Daniel. Then later that night, she was at youth group and she was able to throw out a little something else. And she came in to my bedroom that night and she was like, you're not gonna believe. I was able to talk about this and I was able to talk about that. And we were able to have this great conversation about Daniel and they had never even heard it. And it was so full. And that putting together, that teaching other people, first of all, if you're able to teach somebody something, that's the highest form of learning. That means that she has got that information and she's now sharing it, but also she loved it. She was so excited that she was able to pass that along to other people that made her even more excited. In fact, the conversation went on with, I love the way that we do this because I remember it so much better because we sit there, we read it, we talk about it. Sometimes we laugh about it. We pull on threads. We're doing all of this together. And if you don't remove from your mind the expectation you have of what school should look like so that you free yourself up to sit on the bed and read history and discuss it that way or insert whatever, you know, you're looking at at the time. If you don't remove that, the, the what you've always known and make room for that natural, intentional heart schooling form of learning you are never going to be as successful as you want to be. And you're never going to have the freedom to follow and pursue that mission that God has given you as well and as naturally as you really want to.
1: So, I mean, what happens with a lot of families is they start homeschooling. They think about it as the classroom education bring school at home. They start the process of bring in school home and they get pretty frustrated and they think, man, this is just not working for me. And they think, okay, I have to go out and buy another curriculum (laughs) or I need to change my planner. I need to change my entire planning system. And they go out and they buy, they spend the money, they get another curriculum or they go out and they get an entire new planning system And they start that process and they get into it for a few months and then they start getting frustrated again. And I think you make the point in the book that they could change curriculum as many times as they want. They could change planners as many times as they want, but until they get the idea that they have to change their gauge of success and their priorities, they're not going to feel a sense of confidence and success in what they're doing as homeschoolers.
0: Yeah, they're much more likely to give up altogether. And that kind of echoes back to where we started. You know, when we first started homeschooling, I was looking exclusively at what my planner said, what the curriculum told me to do each day and ordering my days with four little kids at the time. To look like a one room schoolhouse that functioned like a corporate one. And I was really, really frustrated. The kids were really, really frustrated. It was no fun at all. And I'm so grateful that it wasn't too long into our journey that God gave you the wisdom to really focus me on why we pulled him out in the first place. And that was to disciple them to have the time to have the conversations and to make the effort to really take advantage of those moments. And with that little reminder, we started making shifts in our school that, you know, we shifted a lot through the years. We made all the mistakes that you can make. But that reminder of our mission that you gave me and giving me the freedom to set aside The structure of the curriculum that I had purchased, which was very structured because it was designed for a Christian school, set that aside and to really lean into the mission that set me free and it set us on the journey that God has had us on. And so I'm really, really grateful for your wisdom in that, but also your encouragement. So that meant a lot for me. And I would encourage you guys out there, if you're struggling with this, if you're really burnt out and just kind of weary with trying to do school at home, I would encourage you to have that conversation with your spouse and you guys work through what your mission is and how your mission looks. And it may very well be that taking some time of de-schooling, of detoxing from what you think of as school and really, really changing your direction is going to be a really big part of that.
1: Well, I I think that actually... Every family probably needs to go through some level of a de schooling process. I mean, some of them is going to be completely like turned upside down. Others is just going to be an adjustment. They just kind of, you know, refashion just a little bit. Yeah. But I think that there's probably this de schooling that needs to happen with everybody because when you bring your children home, it's different, it's a different way of order. And it impacts every single thing that you do. We've talked about that in the past, but you need to kind of rethink how you're doing it. And you need to lean into what the strength of homeschooling is, which is that sitting on the bed one-on-one going through stuff, you know, connecting with them in a relationship and actually seeing how the knowledge impacts them and connecting the dots for them. And, you know, just to kind of circle back around to this again is that we're not saying that knowledge is, is not incredibly important. You know, we don't want to go from one extreme to the next where it's like knowledge is the end all be all and, and then go to the next extreme, extreme where it's not important at all. Let's just not even focus on knowledge at all. You know, that's not where we want to go either. The thought process here is that it drops down right? And it's no longer the end all be all. It's near the top, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the number one goal. You're not trying to impart a a entire, you know, lake of knowledge on your kids. You're just trying to give them wisdom. You're trying to give them a love of learning. You're trying to connect the dots with them and have one-on-one conversations for them to understand the material. That's what you're after. And so it's a little different.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just so, so important. In fact, I hope that this week we have opened your eyes to the need, the power of de-schooling to overcome you know some of the obstacles that may be in your way that's keeping you from success or peace or enjoyment in your heart schooling journey. I think maybe... Next week, David, why don't we come up with some very specific strategies for ways that they can approach de schooling at various points during their homeschool career? Because I found that I actually need that kind of detoxing time at a lot of different times. I would tend to fall into that mindset of more of a more institutional school. Even, you know, sometimes those breakpoints, the elementary to middle school, middle school to high school, where you're so nervous that you won't be able to do it right. So why don't we compile some ideas of some things that we have learned, some things that we've studied through the years. And we'll share with you guys some specific ideas about de-schooling and how you can incorporate that into your homeschool next week. So be sure to join us then. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I hope that this has been really helpful and I hope that it's, you know, maybe you've seen yourself here and seen your need for this. If so, be sure you join us again next week. If you are interested in picking up a copy of Homeschool for the Heart, I think it would be really, really helpful for you. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book and you can get your copy there. And again, I hope that you will join us next week. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network that got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more.